0: Hey, my name is Brad. I'm lead pastor here at Crossbridge. This is Jordan Chitwood, our co-lead pastor. That's the first time. Yeah, I know it is. On the podcast. And wow. for the first time in forever, we have Mr. Bruce Colbert right over here. Show him on the screen. With a camera. Oh, Same on the screen. There you go. So there
1: you go. We've got a camera on him, now. How finally. many of you knew? Okay. I'm not sure if Eric Bobian and, and Becky Bobian and, and Kristen who are watching have ever seen Bruce in person. <laughs> <laughs> so... So how many of you saw Bruce? I just spit. That's disgusting. (laughs) How many of you just saw Bruce for the first time after hearing him all Maybe I should just leave me on the whole time
2: while you guys are
1: talking. (laughs) It's true, but like, how many of you knew he was bald? (laughs) (laughs) That hurts Oh, a man. Well, hey, welcome to Generationally Speaking Season 5, Episode 5. We are excited to be here. It's one of our favorite nights of the month where we get to do a serious conversation about uh, relevant topics throughout the world, whether they're political, whether they're spiritual, whether they're church-wide, or even just things that perhaps we're struggling with. Um, we try to tackle a lot of different relevant topics. Tonight is actually... An interesting conversation. It's going to be
0: fascinating. And we typically take these topics and we talk about them through our own lenses. You know, a boomer lens, a millennial lens. And tonight we have our our resident Gen X person here. Yep, Gen Xer. And this
1: question actually came from him. A concept that he brought up uh, a while ago. Yeah, that's how he asked the question or he brought up the topic of why whenever we're having conversations with people, do the person who thinks they're right, automatically believes that all other sides are wrong yeah uh, something along those lines that, that maybe he, he maybe we gotta let it. him say uh, that maybe we we ought to he...
0: do you remember that <laughs> no, okay, I so that remember. was
1: like last year so i wrote yeah. it down anyway um so that's what we're going to talk about tonight i'm right so they must, must be, be wrong. wrong it's honestly how we treat have, social media i have
0: i have this this stance and everybody else is wrong
1: yep whether it's political whether it is scriptural and it's,
0: and the stats we're going to have is fat are fascinating tonight. Uh, these stats and are so fascinating. I would say of it's of all the, the, the times we've talked through the generational, this one is very generational, uh, It's very, very generational, very generational. A lot of these
1: stats didn't surprise me. So how uh, a couple other things that we're going to talk about, you're going to hear us talk about the words, absolute truth, um, which perhaps are phrases that you've heard before. We're going to define that a little bit. Um, And then we are also going to say, how does this play out, this concept of absolute truth, where it's the the truth that is absolutely true? (laughs) I mean, that's honestly the easiest way to say it. Like, this is the absolute truth, absolute law, the moral standard, the moral code. Everything's black. Like, this is black and white on this specific issue. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how how does that play out in our personal beliefs and convictions some people have political convictions who uh, there's only one way to view the world, one way to view certain issues, situations, and it is absolutely this way or absolutely that way. And you're going to see that in some of these statistics. So, right. Brad, why don't you start sharing? These are all from Pew Research. They do a ton of research. There's, we're going to start with sharing just some overall secular and American statistics, and then we're going to go into specific to the church and religion.
0: Yeah. First one is, 33% of Americans believe there are absolute clear standards for right and wrong. 33%. Did you? Do you think that's... I or, thought that, that was higher. You thought it would be higher.
1: But that's because I think that they're... I didn't anticipate Gen X, which we're going to get into a little bit, being represented as low as they were... In the total of generations represented and absolute truth believers. Here's, here's what's so fascinating. You and I have talked about this. Uh, actually, we'll get into this in a little bit. 64% of Americans believe right and wrong depends on the situation. So 33% of Americans believe in absolute truth that there's one way to view every situation. 64% of Americans believe that it depends on the situation. So if there is a moral code or a law that uh, some laws could be stretched, we we talked a lot about this during um, police shootings. Okay. When, when all of the the shootings were happening uh, really populated in the media and stuff. And you and I had this conversation, uh, you know, uh, should, what is justice? What is just? What how how should the police officer respond? How should the court respond, etc. And and it got brought up. Well, is there an absolute way that you have to follow the law of the land or? Is there prejudice involved, and how do you interpret prejudice? How do you interpret that within moral code? And so that was fascinating. Why don't you read the next one? Because millennials are the least
0: likely generation to believe in absolute truth. I don't think that surprises anybody. Yep. Whereas baby boomers are the most likely generation to believe in absolute truth. I'm shocked. And Generation X is in the middle. Shocked. So we've gone from the boomers who absolute truth is absolute is absolute. Yep. Gen X says "Eh, I'm not sure about that. And then we raise a generation that says, "Yeah, hey, yeah, not, not at all."
1: Yeah, a lot of gray. It's just,
0: it, yeah, it's just, it's just gone down. Yep. Yeah.
1: Devin Rogers, happy birthday! One of my one of my uh, childhood best friends, Devin oh. Rogers. It's his birthday today. There you go. Back in the day, we would be at his house playing Halo and staying up all night uh, drinking Red Bull.
0: <laughs> there you
1: go. So anyway, okay. yeah. Uh, so that that's where we get into some of the generations. This is where it continues to get spicy. For those who believe in absolute truth. This is so fascinating me. Where does Gen Z fall? Marissa, there weren't Gen Z... uh, Stats. ...represented in these stats. I don't know if it was five years ago and Gen Z were still a little too young. Either way, this is where it gets a little interesting. From those who believe in absolute truth... So again, remember, 33% of Americans, on average, believe in absolute truth. Out of those 33%, 72% are white... Whereas Black, Asian, Latinx, and mixed make up the rest. That isn't it. And is I,
0: crazy.
1: And I tried now. Now here, here's what was so fascinating. And when I went down into the statistics more and more, um, the mixed groups and people of color. So when it got to like Gen Z or Millennial, Gen X, Baby Boomer, etc. Those the generations didn't impact consistently. They were always in the not black and white. They were the unsure gray crowd. And it was consistently white people are more inclined. I don't know if there's research about it. I don't know if it has something to do with upbringing and with. Uh, you know, more people of color who live in more uh, impoverished areas growing up. Yeah, it's that that yeah, interesting. Gr- to, I don't know. Yeah. So it was fascinating.
0: The last one, the last stat in this is of those who believe in absolute truth, only 31% of them are parents, whereas 69% are non parents. Oh,
1: this was also so fascinating. Where did that come out of? Well, um, I think, and, and here's what's interesting I think when, and this is kind of a joke, but could be true. <laughs>
0: So, when, in other words, you know, you're making this up as you go.
1: When you have kids,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how often do you think you're right as the parent? I would think more. And you're raising them, right? Yeah. So, it would make sense that for those who are parents, of of the group, 31% are parents, okay? And then a larger majority of non-parents,
2: Seems backwards to me,
0: (laughs) doesn't it? I don't think i know if that explanation worked for me. Uh, Yeah, it's backwards. 31% of them are
1: parents, 69% are non-parents. Because non-parent, of those who believe oh, I read it wrong, you're right, it is backwards. I would think more parents believe in absolute truth. absolutely. Maybe it's because they're willing to give their kids grace on issues. They see their kids That's only grandparents. Right.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I I wonder if it's because of like, yes, I understand that's what... the world thinks as absolute truth but this is my kid and so i'm going to bend the rules a little bit and
1: it doesn't apply to my kid
0: yeah yeah that's not what, for me yeah not for you, <laughs> my poor kids
1: that's <laughs> what we're certainly seeing nowadays especially i would too. agree with
0: that now yeah, maybe, maybe sports, that's think it about
1: the sports world too think that's about, true oh my kid getting yeah. playing time my kid
0: well and you, yeah and you think about about well, yeah
1: sorry I, johnny and and jennifer but Paul just is objectively a terrible athlete. Like
0: Yeah, he should be playing trombone, I, not sports.
1: Trombone. <laughs> okay, so that's all kind of Was that of a like... foul? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go. Okay, so those are all statistics from kind of the secular world. Now let's dive into the concept of absolute truth within the church and religion. Also from Pew Research Fifty percent of evangelical Protestants believe there are absolute, clear standards for right and wrong, and fifty percent believe it depends on the situation. Did you expect this to be cut half and half?
0: Um, the more research and things I did today, I, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that that didn't surprise me. What, what is going to surprise me, or what I wouldn't say surprising as much as fascinating, is kind of how spiritual growth and attendance play into it. So you want to read the next one?
0: Yeah, 49% of people who believe in absolute truth attend church every week. So of of that 50%, 49% of them, I thought that'd be higher.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, 49% of people who believe in absolute truth attend church every week. I can't remember when this data came out. Um, I know as of recently more average church attenders have been Gen X, millennial and yeah. Gen Z. So I wonder if that plays into it, Could why be. it's not as higher, but here's where it really is. So cool. How they even were able to find data on this 68% of people who believe in absolute truth, pray daily, at least daily, at least daily. Isn't that such a fascinating, yeah. like correlation? that they connected prayer even just to think of like asking that question.
0: Yeah, cuz this that, is a secular research firm. Right. This is not a Christian research firm.
1: Yeah, and so then 68% of people who pray daily believe in absolute truth.
0: And 50 so per, Yeah, 50% of people who believe in absolute truth read scripture at least once a week.
1: So fascinating. Uh, yep. last one, 42% of Christians believe the Bible should be taken literally. Whereas 29% believe the Bible is the word of God, but not everything should be taken literally. And the rest either don't know or don't believe the Bible is the word of God.
0: Yeah, and that and, and that one, I don't know if we can put too much stock in there because there's so many variables there. Yeah, that's um, why it, I wanted to include you, the whole paragraph. You know, what do you mean? What, what do you mean by literal? Right. Um, there are so many places you can go, so I'm not sure we can put a lot. Because
1: even the literal people have both their hands, haven't cut it, them off because they're, they're sitting.
0: They have both their eyes. They have they both haven't goug- their eyes. They've they cut them, them out like
1: Jesus told them to. <laughs> and so uh, we shared. We spent the first ten minutes sharing a ton of data. Okay, really just fascinating stats. We're talking about this concept. I'm right. So dipstick over here must be wrong, okay? Th- that's honestly how we treat social media a lot. You were just sharing with me that you've been off social media the last couple of days and you feel a lot happier and Oh, healthier. my gosh. Yeah. And if how many times have we talked about how toxic social media <laughs> has been and how you can't say anything without being told you're wrong? Right. Or anything and being told you're – without everyone telling you you're right. And, it's and like, I
0: and, – and you get sucked into that. Yeah. You get sucked in I, – I, I, you start. You want to read comments just to see what the controversial controversy Not even is. Not just
1: controversy, but then also like, if you are in that position, you want to read the comments for like reassurance, rather than being reassured by God or the Holy Spirit yeah. or your community or friends. The way that the world responds, we hold so much weight in. And so here's the question: um, Is it possible? Uh, there's multiple ways to ask this. Okay. The, the question is, is it possible for there to be multiple right answers?
0: No. Okay, go on.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for joining us tonight. <laughs> now, here's what's so fascinating. Um, I didn't really mean that. I was just trying to be funny. Yeah, I, Yeah. you're so funny. Tell me where the punchline is. Um, <laughs> here's what's so fascinating about this question. It's really one that I just wrote down I wanted us to process together. Because I wonder, part B of the question is, is there different answers for different groups? See, I think it depends on the question or what you're talking that's about. That's what I'm saying. So like if you're talking about politics, is it possible for there to be multiple right answers? What would you say? Off the cuff. Uh, I think you have to go back to actually defining
0: what truth is and, and, where, and where you're going from. Okay. Um, I think that's where you got to start, isn't it? Bruce, Don't you, don't you have to start there? What's going on here?
1: How do you define truth in politics, though?
2: Yes, because, see, this is what I've been thinking. See if this makes sense. In the United States, we equate, especially, I think, we equate truth or absolute truth to behavior. There's one correct way to respond. Yeah, one way to do it. There's one outward evidence of what's right and wrong. And the problem with that is when you read scripture, and this is a big change of focus for me, absolute truth, there is absolute truth, but it's an internal thing. And how that it gets expressed could result in two people with the same inner truth expressing it in two different behaviors. And we look at it as one's right and one's wrong, but they could stem from the same internal truth.
1: Does that make sense? Let me ask you this then. Marissa asked us this question. She asked me this question a couple weeks ago too. If you have two faithful Christ followers, so we talked a little bit about politics. Okay, let's bounce over to Christians now. If you have two faithful Christ followers, you and I, okay, um, and we're following the same God, spending time in prayer with the Holy Spirit, and we feel convicted differently about an issue, how is that possible? It's biblical for the Holy Spirit to convict people differently on the same issue? I think
0: Paul addresses that. I can't remember where, but doesn't he talk...
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> doesn't he- <You're> <laughs> <laughs> What are your sources, Brad? <laughs>
0: where, where does he talk about um, uh, what may be sin for one is not sin for the other, and not to make somebody stumble? That whole... that, that whole.
1: Yeah, that's in the yeah. letter to the Corinthians, but is that the same as being convicted on an issue? Le- like Like a social issue, for example. Two different responses to the same social issue, like sanctity of life or immigration not to get your necessary stance but like if we were you know what i'm saying like that's not necessarily a sin issue as much as a social issue yeah but going back to to that i (laughs) (laughs) going going back to the easier thing to answer (laughs) this it's really complicated yeah that's what i told marissa (laughs) Uh, so, hey, insert so, in the chat. Have you ever thought about that question? Yes or no? So, so here's what
0: I would. Here's what I, and that's why I said it. De- it depends on what you're talking about. I think there are absolute truths. I think there are some things that we can't. Uh, and it's very hard for me to to separate spiritual from. Let's just say secular. You know, which I would I would throw politics into the secular right. end of it. Sure. Okay. But going back, to spe- I think there are some things. There's some core basics that we have to agree on and say this is what the truth is. But I do think, especially in, in things that you eat, um, you know, there are some people who say, you know, I, my body's a temple. I'm not going to eat meat. Great. My body's a temple. I'm going to eat a lot of meat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what if that is how... Oh, like, So that goes to the next question. You said you think that there's a core group of things to de- decide on. If I don't think that's it, a core group. But who gets to decide on the core group? I
0: think, I think Scripture tells us that.
1: Well, the body is the temple.
0: I understand that. But it doesn't. It it Scripture tells you that it's not about what you eat. Okay. Now, I don't think you should be, you know, consuming Twizzlers all day long like I have been.
1: But then that would, have, then a then that would also. be a caveat into and, the absolute truth.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's absolute.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: So then people, how many, should, should be, people should be signing off by now. <laughs> no, I, These guys don't have a clue what they're talking about. Well, I think that's
1: part of the tension. But I think that this is relevant to what a lot of people wrestle with who are wrestling with not just scriptural things but political things of, one, if it is possible to have multiple right answers or multiple different convictions. And then the second part is how do we know what the absolute truths are in scripture and what is up for debate? because we've talked all about I mean we're going to do a series in a couple months called the fundamental
0: Est-isms.
1: things that we believe that are crucial to right. prosper some of right. our core beliefs and we're going to decide as a church but then our core beliefs might be different than we might have some of the same essential ones like the crucial ones of we believe Jesus is the resurrected son of God we believe that the holy spirit um, is God on Earth? Like you might have some of the same ones, but then some people might say it is crucial that you believe baptism gets you to heaven, and that is one of the core beliefs. Right. And that is one of the core beliefs of the Baptist Church. Mm, I don't. Or Southern Baptist Church. No,
0: but that, that's irrelevant. I Baptist Church. No,
1: I thought that's why they call themselves church, the Baptist Church.
0: Christ is more that way.
1: Why do they call themselves the Baptists if they don't believe? B- <laughs> I thought it. Were, <laughs> no. I thought that's what I was always okay. No,
0: no, they have they have a very similar belief to us. Um, Baptists too? Yeah,. Interesting. And, and, and
1: <laughs> this is why the 13 views are staying.
0: Out. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying, you know they really aren't, aren't as sharp as we thought they might be. Nope. No, we've been fooling them. Um, go back to the, let's go back to the political thing, okay? Because okay. here's what I would argue and it, is that if you actually got two people with differing views politically into a room and let's just take a, a hot button issue, let's talk about justice, okay? Okay, uh, which which dwell, delves over a little bit into the spiritual end of it. Also, um, I think if you got them in a room and got them a basis, they would agree on so many more tenets than what they think they do. Okay, and and so the question is 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 the truth is how do we deal with this? You see, you understand what I'm saying?
1: I understand what you're saying. I'm not understanding the relevance. It, it, <laughs> is there, I it, hear it's you th- loud and clear. That, <laughs> so that, what's that, the if, point? Is, if there's a truth, are you with me? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if there's a
0: truth under here, yeah. Well, I don't want to call it absolute, but if there's a truth out uh, under here about justice, it may be how we actually deal with that. Okay. So the underlying might be have the same truth, but there's two different two different they're, they're, responses they're, to that moral truth. Ex- exactly.
1: Okay. So, like, the, if you take something like immigration,
0: okay, same okay, thing,
1: or or put immigration aside gun gun control okay okay both parties want safety correct okay? one party believes that their action is the safest way one party believes their action is the safest way that's what you're explaining right so it's the responses that are different right but the truth is right we want safety right okay how do you do that with scripture because our actions should all be Christ-like, but then my group of people might say, "Well, your actions are hurting my hurt group of people, such as immigration." Okay, some people believe that as Christ followers, that you should be able to protect that which is your own. We see that in the letters of Revelation. We see that in all the kingdoms in the Old Testament. Some people believe that we should help every single person that needs help.
0: This is why we have Bruce here,
1: right? And so, <laughs> so how what are the actions and like? What if one group is being hurt one way or the other?
0: Well, here again, even if in, in, a, in, a, in the scriptural round is, is that we are to take care of immigrants. Yeah. And then there's some argument of, okay, what does that really mean? Yeah. You know, and to me, the absolute truths are, are something that, that can't be, can be argued. And, and, and it takes you away from what the actual meaning of uh, uh, the resurrection of Jesus from a Christian standpoint, you, you can't argue that. Okay. Because if you take that away, Scripture will tell you that then it's, it means nothing.
1: So then, If there isn't
0: you, a physical bodily right. re- resurrection of Jesus, then you don't... That is a core absolute truth that we have to stand on.
1: So then I think you and I, pro- and we've had this conversation, would probably agree that there are fewer absolute truths than there aren't.
0: I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. Bruce, what are
2: your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Yeah, but, <laughs> see how I did that. <laughs> but I think all
1: of us grew up probably with the standpoint that there are way more, more. absolute truths than yes. we would hold on to now.
0: I have let go of a lot of that.
1: Yes. Uh, hey, if you're in the chat still watching, how mind blowing is that concept to you? That there are fewer that we believe there are fewer absolute truths in Scripture than there are gray areas. I guess we'll word it like that. Things that are and.
2: And I would say a lot of that changed for me hearing and getting exposed to different faith groups, different denominations Yeah, that you would go, well, this is pretty clear in scripture. And then you go listen to them and, and the way they interpret scripture, you go, Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I could see why they believe that way. So that to me is why, I was trying to explain, like, for me, what I'm starting to realize is, um, you hear us say that phrase, what would love require? Because the absolute truth is that we are supposed to love. What gets sticky is what does that look like? And that could be different for different situations, for different people groups, for different whatevers. But we tend to value, we tend to judge right and wrong based on the outward behavior, not on the inner
1: yeah, truth good.
2: that drives the behavior. Yeah. So like Brad said, I think your comment is if you could get people in a room and ask the questions that got down to the core belief that's driving the behaviors, I think you would find most people agree a lot more than they think they
0: do. I would. Agree, absolutely. And I would, I would argue not only spiritually, I would, I would think even politically and, and what have you. I, yeah. I I think we are so much closer um, than together than what we are at, Right. apart and and algorithms <laughs> are are pandering to try to get us farther and farther apart because let, that's that's what clicks and that's what makes people money.
1: Let me ask you this when you genuinely think someone is wrong, do you respect them I hope so like you personally in that moment I hope so okay i i, think I, I used ha- to
0: not i i would i absolutely would tell you that no i I used to be an arrogant
1: like even well I still on, am arrogant. <laughs> okay. on, let's say it's an issue that absolutely offends you.
0: No, I don't I, I I I I really do hope that I no.
1: I don't know if I'm able to admit that. Like I think that if, I if would, there's an issue, I, like to me, let, let's just say something I'm adamantly against, Christian nationalism. Okay. Okay. If there is if there is a hardcore Christian nationalist that I was a once a friend with and they came out as a Christian nationalist, I would not be able to respect them. And I don't know if that's weird to admit, but like, or someone that's just a hardcore racist, like in my family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if there are issues that are, I don't want to say more offensive issues like that, that to me. And the reason I brought it up is because I love the idea of getting into a room, but at the end of the day, if you don't respect somebody in their wrongness or in their rightness, and in their truths, like you're never going to be able to be well, and, able to see and, and be kind.
0: And there are some people that even if you got them in a the room on right. both ends of any subject, it doesn't matter anyway. Right. So I would be more uh, of someone like that. I would be more – I don't know if this is not respect them or not. I would be more uh, of saying, you know, there's no hope for them, so there's no reason for me to spend my time here. Mm. Does that –
1: yeah, I guess when I say I don't mean like being like rude and disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, like I respect you as a person, even though we have some different beliefs, like where you can value the person still. Right. As like an individual who is intelligent enough to think on their own, even though we came to different conclusions. Yeah, there's some people that I'm just like, and, and again, this this might be pride. This might just be how I'm wired. But there's some people who have come to different conclusions on things that I'm like, bless your heart. Like, I don't, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but
0: I I don't think you do it in a (sighs) disre.
1: What was the word you used? I don't
0: know. I don't either. On what? On, on.
1: Anyway, we got a couple of comments. (laughs) Marissa said something that was pretty brilliant. She said, I think Jesus demonstrates all of this in scripture. For example, healing on the Sabbath. Okay, this goes back to what Bruce was saying earlier, or even what you were saying. To heal on the Sabbath was work, and so that yeah. was the truth that they interpreted. And so Jesus yep. healed on the Sabbath, okay? That was his action for the same truth because he knew that to bring rest to a hurt person was as important as working a little bit for him. Right. So it's you got the same truth. You're trying to provide rest for the souls, okay? The Pharisees were saying anything you do that is work is not restful. Jesus was saying, well, guess what? There's a lot of people who are suffering, and that's not restful, so I'm going to heal on the Sabbath because that's what love is for my neighbor. Right. And so that's pretty good. I, re-
0: I, I read something today as I was researching some of this, and they gave the example of 10th Commandment, thou shall not lie.
1: I like how with the commandments and the Lord prayer, you, we well, go back to you King James you got to go King, King James. It's the only way you can the interpret The two areas. <laughs> and even to. with the uh, term on the mount, blessed <laughs> are. Blessed are. Blessed yeah. are. <laughs> no question.
0: So, so... So talking about you know we know so would you say that's an absolute truth? You cannot
1: lie. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. this is and and mm-hmm. I'll tell you what this is this is like, and maybe Bruce has has changed on this, but this used to be one of Bruce's like biggest. Is,
0: oh, is it really? Just, it still like, is one of the
1: things that broke him the most is when he was lied to. Like, yeah, yeah I'll I'll stop so Is that, what is is it. that an so, absolute truth? So. See, this is like one of the most important things to Bruce's life.
2: It is. Uh, Integrity, honesty is like huge for me. So for me personally, and then for anybody in relationship with me. So I would have to say, yeah, I was brought up that, I mean, you asked Becky, like, I don't do the, you know, Hey, how do I look? If there's something wrong, I'm not going to lie and say you look great. Like, I can't do that. Like, there's something inside me that won't let me do it. Bless your heart. <laughs> um, but I have learned that I, and I think maybe, I don't, know, Brad, I'd like to hear what you think about this. I'm changing that. And some of that black and whiteness has come from the fact that I found out I was wrong before. Like, once you found out that you could have been wrong about something you thought you were so right about, the more that happens, the more you go, Yes. Okay, maybe I'm not going to go 100% here because I might be wrong.
0: Hmm.
1: Isn't that scary? Yeah.
0: You know, And, and I got to the point today you know, saying that... that you, you shouldn't lie is an absolute truth sometimes, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. And, they, yeah. and What about with your kids? And here's, you the, know? here's the example they gave. They said, okay, picture yourself in, in Amsterdam, wherever they were harboring. Um, Amsterdam harboring? Jews, Jews, oh, okay. Jews during the Holocaust. Yeah. And you're harboring somebody in your house, and, and some of yeah. the Nazis come mm-hmm. to your door and say, are you harboring somebody?
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So well, you, you do. Yeah. You lie.
1: Same thing about the scripture that talks about respecting your governor or respecting your government, Mm -hmm. okay, and how everyone says you should fully support the president that is elected official because God has put them in office and you should follow their commands. But for whatever reason, then, when we look at someone like that of Hitler or Stalin or even Putin or Kim Jong-un, you're like, well, that's different. Because, you know, God's an American God. Didn't we know that? <laughs> that's a whole other podcast episode.
0: And that's where we have Tangled Kingdoms, right. which we've been talking about so oh, much. Oh, that's here. good. Here, here, you know, yeah. You it's, could you, write a book called Tangled Kingdoms. Tangled Kingdoms. Here's my question that, that has bothered me. And this is from your generation. So you kind of explain this. The thing that I think, and I don't, Bruce, you can chime in on this, whether this bothers the Gen Xers or not. But for, for us boomers, when someone says, well, you just need to live your truth. Yeah. Oh. That, <laughs> <laughs> so, explain that because to me, I'm gonna say you don't have your truth. You've got truth and your opinion, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But but the, it's not your truth.
1: Yeah. If it makes you feel any better, it bothers me too.
0: I figured it would. When you
1: told me that tonight, it it may when you were just saying it like as a joke, it like yeah sent off a trigger.
0: Okay. Um. Because because I I would argue, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think your generation. Oh,
1: absolutely, it
0: but it's all about lives that.
1: Absolutely, but it's more so about just like taking back your identity, like it, it goes back into the not just with gender, but also with personality and also with the social norms and not being. You can't put my generation in a box. Okay, okay? Right. And, and so not just with how we look, act, believe, love, share, etc., also with the um, concept of truth. Okay, and values as well. So I guess that would not just your truth, but but to me, like again, that that is a very like I I don't like any of that. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't think I don't have a great answer for you. Yeah, it's something okay. my generation embraces, but yeah. but not as often like And and I think I this, say many and this friends, is when we're
0: talking about this, You we get to that point, that's where the big divides between generations I think yeah. happen. Which, so here's the question. Do in you feel chat. that way? Oh, I sorry. mean, is that?
2: Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, See, he's in that middle.
0: See? I'm I am. Talking. I'm in the middle. He's such an Xer.
2: Um, <laughs> be- but what's fascinating to me is uh, I just got done reading a book that Jordan had turned me on to that talks about mm. history. And what's fascinating too is a lot of this stuff that we feel about our individualism in the United States is a very recent occurrence when you look at all of history that I'm independent and I can create my absolute or my own truce and that you can't tread on, you can't do, you shouldn't be doing anything that treads on my um, freedoms. And if you look through all of history, that's only been just recently has that thought hmm. even entered into people's minds and so it's not only a generational thing, just in the in the three or four generations we have here now, but from a historical perspective, totally radical different shift in individualism to think those kinds of thoughts. It's hmm. I, I don't know. It's just there's so many elements to it. Interesting.
1: Here's a question the, from the chat. From the where? From the chat. Okay. I said trat, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. The 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 statement agreed it's not a question it's a statement and then i'm asking a question the statement agree to disagree doesn't sit really great with my generation on certain issues such as so erica said i feel like it's okay to agree to disagree and still be cool with that person or group of people yes but a lot of people like if you agree with if you disagree with them you're disagreeing with their sexuality, and I'm disagreeing wrong. with yeah, their race. you're, you're saying that I'm, their- you hate me,
0: right? That that okay. That, now, that's a that's a hot button for me. Well, let you me know, ask you I this can, though: I Is can't, there
1: truth to that?
0: That I that you, no.
1: Uh, like, let's say you don't believe someone who is gay can be a Christian. Let's just say that's the the topic. I'm not saying we do. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say you do. Okay? okay, then the person in your life who you love, you love has now been told that you believe they can't follow God within their sexuality. So is that then ha, is that really love? Like, I don't feel loved by you. I don't feel valued by you. So then is there justifiable tension within that situation? Or should they get over
0: it? I think part of it depends on how it is presented, but I would argue if it's presented correctly... Yeah, you need to get over it.
1: Wow. Interesting.
0: You don't agree with that? No.
1: Really? I think it's okay. Bruce, help me out. (laughs) No, here... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Here's what I'll say. I think it's okay for people to not like you. in your beliefs. Okay. So, like, for me, I think it's okay for people to be upset with my convictions. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you hate them. They might view it as hate. And there's no absolute moral code for what hate is and what hate isn't.
2: Which is also part of the problem with not knowing what love is because. Right. There's no
1: absolute moral code for what love is. In
2: your generation, um, younger generations, they equate you not agreeing with me or letting me be who I am with that's what love is. And I think for Brad and I, those two things can be different. Yeah. And.
1: I don't know how to, but can you fully love someone if you don't fully embrace them? And I would say,
2: can't we fully embrace the, see, and this is where the, the line is. I, I would say I can love you with a genuine love as you as for you as a human being and a person, even if I don't agree with, some of your stances or your your identity. And I know that doesn't make sense to some people. It makes sense for me. I don't know. Brad, would you yeah, say that? Yeah, I,
0: I, I agree. I, I, I'm trying to think of an analogy with your kids because there's things, times your kids are not doing what you want to do. It doesn't mean you love them unless you just don't want them to do and they're, how they're acting or behaving.
1: Right, but what if you're making decisions based on your beliefs that are harming other beliefs such as back to sexuality. What if you vote one way that then would take away gay marriage? So now those who are gay either have to eliminate their marriage and or not be able to be spend the rest of their life with someone.
0: I don't know if that's relevant,
1: <laughs> but your belief and your vote is impacting the way that you are treating other people. So if someone in your life. So, so now we're back
0: to okay. Here's my opinion, and I'm right, and you're wrong.
1: Right. Which is the whole topic of tonight. <laughs>
0: and I would, I would argue, no, that's not.
1: But if our you can opinion still love them. But is it love if you're harming them? Part two next week. <laughs> Oh man, Eric Gobian, we discern and live by our own definitions of absolute truth. We will find out how well we did in the next slide. Yeah, life. there's truth
0: to that. Here uh, I want to go back to uh, are, are we done? Yeah.
1: Well, no, 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 no whatever no, no. you want. I mean, we've got a viewers. We are trickling down, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't blame them. This is just but for us at conversa- this point. This is a good conversation. <laughs> the we urban go dictionary on for Oh, we're pulling out the urban, <laughs> dictionary. <laughs> the urban dictionary for
0: truth, okay?
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, this will be good.
0: It's a non-negotiable opinion. Yeah. How the crap do so, you get there? So how many a non-negotiable
1: non-neg- opinion? That doesn't how, seem possible. I don't think so either.
2: Yeah.
1: A non-negotiable opinion. Even they even say sci- like science is ninety-nine percent correct. Every scientific fact that we have tonight. is still... Yeah, we did. Well, we, hey, uh, <laughs> the whole point of tonight was to wrestle with this conversation, hopefully give you some questions, things to think about. We just made it worse. We probably we did, did. We made it worse. But that is what we as pastors do. <laughs> we make lives worse. <laughs> Eric Bobian, you didn't just quote Urban Dictionary. did you? <laughs> I know. He, yeah, Brad... Bless his heart. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Uh, honestly, there weren't any great answers tonight. Can you be? Can you both be right? Can you both be wrong? Uh, here's here's the bottom line. In every situation, you have to lean on and discern with the Holy Spirit. Now, is the Holy Spirit going to tell you something different than He tells me? Sometimes, Brad yes. thinks so. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. I'm not so sure. I here's what I would say. I think our pride stands in the way of our opinions and beliefs way more than it doesn't.
0: I would agree with that. So
1: for me personally... You're not
0: wrong on that one.
1: Yeah, thank you. (laughs) For me personally, the only absolute truths that I care about are salvation issues. Exactly. And to me, there's like four salvation issues that I see in Scripture. So, so
0: you're not going to want to miss our our series after Easter.
1: Yeah. And so this is kind of a little teaser for after Easter. We're doing a series about the core beliefs at Crossbridge, things that we believe that are non-negotiables, as you would say. Uh, find out next time. But, hey, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, game weekend. Not game weekend. Game week in two weeks. Have a great rest of your evening, and we hope to see you Sunday. Thanks, everybody. Adios.